Welcome to Marathon Swim Stories, where we interview marathon swimmers to get perspective on how to endure, adapt, and overcome the challenges we face swimming and in life. Please enjoy this episode. <laughs> right. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Martha. Oh, well, I grew up in New Hampshire, the third of four kids. My parents were both from Minnesota, and my mom had been a swimmer, not really serious, but a swimmer growing up. And so by the time I turned, you know, my earliest memory is like swimming at a pond with my grandparents. And um, I think by the time I was six, I was on our town swim team, just sort of like, cause that's what my siblings and I did. And my dad was a, an assistant coach. He couldn't swim, like he wasn't a swimmer, but he just sort of used his, you know, practical skills. He, my, my brother always tells how he would teach a flip turn by flipping his wallet around. And <laughs> so, there's always something that was in the background of my thing. And, you know, so competitive swimming, um, I swam through one year of college. I didn't, I didn't love it in college. I think it was more because all of a sudden I wasn't that good compared to other people <laughs> and decided that I'd spend my time doing other things and um, just sort of stuck with my love of the community and being in the water and picked up water polo, which was fabulous. Just, I just had so much fun with it. And um, after college, I did a couple years of, um, I did, I lived in New York City and sort of kept sane by running in Central Park, but also discovered a, a little master swim team that I swam with a bit. And one of the guys was swimming around Manhattan, which at the time I thought was insane. And, you know, I was just like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I also was in college playing water polo with Steve Minotonis. And I would watch him like train all these extra hours for his distance swimming. And he would show up at, um, hockey games in his shorts and t-shirt because he was doing his cold water acclimatization and I was like <laughs> this is crazy and it's sort of it's sort of funny to see that all you know 35 years later I've sort of circled into that world in a very sideways way but yeah that's awesome yeah <laughs> um Where's your favorite place to swim? Definitely the beach right down the street from my house. I'm, I live on the North Shore, Massachusetts, north of Boston. And a half a mile from my house is um, a place called Singing Beach, which isn't huge. It's a half mile long, but it's beautiful. And it's where I really started to do some open water swimming. I just started doing it just for the pleasure of it and sanity. And I was, you know, just completing what had been a highly contentious several year long divorce. And it was just sort of like, I just needed to 
find some sanity. And it was just great to get in the water and feel like, oh, this is something I can do. I feel comfortable. I can relax. I, I feel competent at something, which for me at that time was huge. So um, yeah, definitely singing beach. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Which what is closed right now. It's open for walking for residents only, but oh man, hopefully it'll open for swimming. Yeah. 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 Um, what about marathons? When did you start swimming marathons? Oh, not till a couple of years ago. Um, I basically started doing the open water swimming and just about five years ago, five, six, six years ago, and started doing some short sort of races, like one mile things. And through that, met some people, like one of the first people I met was Raina, who was at a Shark Fest swim in Boston. And she was like, oh, you swim, you know, this time of year, it was like September, are you a knucklehead? And I was like, what's that? I had never heard of them. And I was just so intrigued with the fact that there was this group of people that swam through the winter. And um, it, uh, yeah, so it, kind of piqued my interest and as that winter went on I sort of kept searching for it and finally tracked it down and a few months later I was in the locker room at Curley Community Center looking to meet Helen Lynn who at the time was very active and Helen didn't show up but I or maybe she showed up late but it was like I, ended, I remember meeting Elaine and my my jaw dropping and going like, oh my gosh, this is the woman whose articles I've been reading in Swimming Magazine and stuff. And it was just, um, and afterwards we, this was like in January or February, we went over to um, a local club and had beers. And I was texting my friend Doug who'd gotten me cold water swimming. It's like, I found our people. <laughs> it's just sort of, and through that, I mean, sort of at the club that day, I remember Franny showing me a map and saying, this is where the Boston light swim takes place. And I was like, oh, you know, didn't really think anything of it. And it, um, I ended up putting my name in for the Boston light swim that year, assuming that I wouldn't get in. It was a lottery and it was like well beyond anything I'd done. It's an eight mile swim and the longest I had done for, you know, a swim was like maybe one or two miles. Um, and um, I got in and this was right after I'd had like a three week hospitalization and I was kind of swimming myself back to health. So here I was in April, having had major surgery in December and it became this goal. It was sort of this, I'm, it was this challenge, like, can I swim eight miles at a time? And, you know, it just drove me in the pool to stay in longer and swim longer distances and um, get out and, you know, meet more people and, things and um, that summer I actually did not complete the Boston Light Swim. I pulled out halfway with hypothermia 
and um, I was extremely thin. I had lost all this weight with my medical thing, but I also was transitioning from swimming from wetsuit to without, like I actually was contemplating swimming the swim with a wetsuit because I knew it was going to be an issue. But um, it kind of drove me sort of like, all right, what's my next challenge? It was sort of like I had bit off more than I could chew. It was like the cold water acclimatization and the distance. And I was sort of, you know, over the years, I came back two years later for Boston Light and had really been working on the acclimatization and the distance, had done a couple swims at the Kingdom Swim that were longer distances and um, was able to, to complete it, which was just amazing. I remember that was a year that Ned Dennison swam it and I had, hadn't met Ned before. And we had corresponded by email a little bit at that point. And we sat in the, the banquet hall the night before and he was like, Martha, you have unfinished business. And it just, that just drove me too. And that was just sort of like part of the community and just the whole, you know, sort of like, okay, I can do this. And it was interesting, like right when I got to the point where I'd pulled out the time before, it's like right before there are these stanchions for this bridge, which has since been taken out. And I realized that there's this current there. And I was like, oh my God, I feel a little dizzy here like I did when I pulled myself out because I thought I was hypothermic. But part of it was that it was the current. And it was sort of just the experience of swimming and learning things as you go. I mean, I absolutely should have pulled out and I did the right thing. But it's interesting to sort of learn that there's so many different factors. Okay. Yeah. yeah, there's something about doing the same swim over again that you can be like, oh, or, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Um, how do you describe that feeling of, of um, finishing a marathon swim? Oh. What was the first one that you finished? How about that? We'll start. Um, well, the first one I th maybe was official was before I did that first Boston Light, I did... Um, no, 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 that was too short. Um, it was the following year I did the 10K, so six mile um, kingdom swim in Vermont and Memphis Magog. And that was great because the year before I had done something like the five mile swim, I don't know, it was something that was less than official marathon distance. And my kayaker who had been assigned to me was so excited that I was doing well at the beginning. She neglected to give me my feed. <laughs> and, and I was so new to marathon swimming. I was like, like we got to this point and I'm like, wait, this is the, you know, the two mile marker and I haven't had a feed. And she goes, oh yeah, but you were in the lead. So I didn't, I didn't want to slow you down. <laughs> Within, within a mile, I had completely bonked and the second half of the swim, so this was like my first swim, I was just miserable. And this was like two weeks before I did my first Boston Light and it was just like oh, awful, man. awful. But, you know, I made it. So the following year, 
you know, I had a friend of mine from high school who was kayaking for me and we'd done sports together growing up. And, you know, she was all nervous about doing it right and had read the instructions and she, we'd be partway through and she'd be stopping me and goes, what was your favorite band in high school? <laughs> like really making sure that I was okay. And um, so that was great. So I, cause I had someone who was, you know, a really good friend and was worried about me and it was just incredible to finish. And um, I think that it's, it's this whole sort of, for me, it's sort of like you've worked really hard and proud of myself for having make it, make and having made it. And just like, I feel like I'm always sort of like, just like keep going, keep going, drive and adjust to what the circumstances are. But like you get there and finally you can just let down. And for me, it's just sort of like, you know, basking in that for a little while. and than eating salty potato chips. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Tell us a little bit about that adjusting, like adjusting to those kind of mental phases that happen in a marathon swim. Yeah. How do you handle those situations? Yeah. It's something that I've thought a lot about reading. Um, there are some articles a couple of years ago about endurance and women doing well in endurance sports. I mean, you look at someone like Sarah Thomas and there's some women in ultra marathon running who are, you know, doing as well as the men. And there's this, somehow there's this equalizing factor at longer endurance distances for women and men, which I find fascinating. But I also find that what the places I go to, to be able to get through things are places that I've been to through personal experience as a woman. I like, I wouldn't say childbirth cause that just like happens so much. You just have no control over it. But um, there are things you can, can control in that. So there is part of that, but like my divorce process was just endless it was a marathon. There were aspects where I just had to be patient and get the, you know, wait for things to just sort of slow their course. But there were also times when my attorney would be like, I would just be so bullheaded and saying, this isn't fair. This isn't blah, blah, blah. And she'd say, Martha, it is what it is. And <laughs> for me, it's like, yeah, it is what it is. And you've got to deal with it. And so I think that that's something that, you know, like when I pulled out of the Boston Light, it was like, it is what it is, I've got to pull out. And, you know, at first I was like, oh, I feel badly. I didn't set a good example for my kids because they're all there waiting at the finish. And then I was like, no way. I, my example for my kids is I care about my life and I'm pulling myself out, you know, that there's this, this balance there. But, um, you know, I do think I've done the Cork Distance Week twice now and, you know, just hearing people's experiences there and, you know, I've never even dared do the torture swim because <laughs> I'm scared of like what's going to get thrown at me. I think if I go back, I'll do it. But um, the whole idea that you need to be ready for anything is 
um, something that you know I've learned from life, and then I can also take it from swimming and apply it to life. I mean, like I can't think of how many times I've thought about the term. It's the Dover coaster. Thinking about this current pandemic situation, that it's just so. In some way, you just got to ride with it and do the best you can. So, yeah. Yeah. What about um, the pandemic situation? How is it for you? What's the worst part? Uh, um, for me, the worst part is um, this was going to be like a huge spring for me. It was going to be sort of taking things to a next level. Like, I feel that I've done like the minimum distance of marathons and I've been slowly adding you know, I've done two 15 mile swims. And this year I was gonna do SCAR, which if you live in New England, it's, there's the added challenge of having to do the training in the pool because it's just too cold. So for me, psychologically doing that amount of distance in a pool was huge. I've kind of refused to do it in the past. Like I'd signed up the year before and I was like, I just like postponed it because I was just could not get my head around spending the time. For, like I like doing the distance because I like being outside in nature. And, things. Mm -hmm. and this year it was like, nope, I'm going to do it. So there was the challenge of that distance and the multiple days. Um, and part of what really lit a fire under me was I got into the 20 Bridges swim for June 21st. So for me, if I could do SCAR, at least it could be like when the pandemic first hit, I was like, well, I might not be in great shape for SCAR, but instead of like blowing my guts out and trying to have a really fast finish, I can use it as a training for Manhattan and that. And slowly everything, as for everyone else, it all just fell apart. And um, yeah, so that for me was, really hard because like for me the manhattan was like this huge stepping stone you know as i said i'd been at cork distance week and been to this triple crown dinner twice and seen these people that have done you know manhattan and catalina and the english channel and more and there was something you know in the back of my head going like i swear these people i could i could probably do this but terrified like two three years ago Liz Fry was like, Martha, sign up for the channel. And I was like, yeah, okay, Liz, I'll do that. And she like gave the name of pilot. And then like the next year, she's like, did you sign up? And I'm like, no, because <laughs> it's just like, I just can't get like psychologically around it. Like, I feel like, oh, that would be really lucky <clears throat> for me to sign up for that. You know? <laughs> so, um, you know, I did finally sign up for, a channel slot last summer and you know my whole idea was I was gonna do man try attempt Manhattan this summer maybe try Catalina next summer and then in 2022 I've got a channel date and this has kind of set that all off and I um, you know initially I was taking a writing class like I'm working on writing a memoir well sort of like keep dropping the ball and not working on it. But I had this 10 week class where we were meeting in Zoom and it had me psychologically thinking about swimming and thinking about the visions and why do I do it. And so for those, you know, eight weeks that I was doing that, 
it was this, all right, I have to write 10 pages a week. I've got to do all this reading and I've got to really contemplate my swimming. So, you know, if I went for a short cold swim, I'd be like, all right, I'm bringing this visualization back, you know, for my writing or for my exercising on my little erg bench that I set up, which I used twice and then said, this is bullshit. And um, so anyway, it's all kind of devolved. And now my writing class is over and I'm kind of searching for purpose. I feel like it's all kind of dissolved. I'm kind of in this, like, all right, how do I reset? Yeah. 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 So how do you reset? <laughs> um, well, I'm hoping that um, I'll just go out for a swim and it'll kick in. My problem is like the last swim I did, I went to this local little pond and it sucked on sat my last swim sucked it was like this pond that was like dark and brown i was thinking about when i've swum in the charles river i'm like i know this is clean but there's so many leaves on the bottom and the wind was kicking up and i just kind of got a little nervous and so it's just like that was a bad swim so i need a good swim to get me and there's always there's always bad swims you know so I'll get out, maybe later today. It's supposed to be warm this week. So, yeah. yeah. Can you tell us about the swim that you're the most proud of? Um, I would say it's that second Boston Light swim. Um, coming back and doing something that I hadn't finished before and um, not viewing that first swim, being able to turn it around and not being like, oh, I'm a failure, I suck, but like a challenge for, you know, just sort of assessing why didn't I make it and what do I need to do? And, um, but mostly the swim was just gorgeous. It was the sunny day. I mean, it was so much warmer than when I'd done it the two years before. And, um, you know, I had a, great crew and um, it was just beautiful. And, you know, when I got to that halfway point, when I pulled out, it was just, I just felt like the water opened up. I You sort of get past the islands and it opens up. But for me, it was like the swim also opened up and my stroke opened up and I was, there was someone who was swimming like right next to me and I was like, oh, I want to beat him or her, you know, and it sort of made me, and I kicked it in on the end and, and did well. And it was just, just such a feeling of accomplishment. It's just, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. So, wonderful. And it's, it's just so beautiful there. Yeah. Yeah, that's on my bucket list for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, with the wiping out of events and everything for 2020 have you had a moment of kind of stopping and wondering why or am i going to continue being a marathon swimmer um not really i mean i think the question for me is when am i going to get back into the whole sort of distance thing and i kind of imagine that as the water warms up i'll probably you know, there are places I can find to swim if I'm creative and ask people if I can park in their driveways and, you know, things like that. So, um, but yeah, so it's more of a matter of patience and time. And I feel like 
my mentality right now is I'm going back to why I initially started swimming out in the open water a couple, you know, five, six years ago, which is just for the beauty of it and the joy of it. And that's what I'm going to try and approach now. Yeah. Yeah. So. What advice would you give to an aspiring marathon swimmer? Um, One thing I think is that I've learned is don't rush. Like there's lots of time. I mean, I feel like that's kind of what I did with the Boston light was trying to take on too much. Um, You know, there's lots of time and you know, they're great things. Like I love the kingdom swim, the way that they're sort of, events that you can bite off a bit longer distance each year. And, you know, you can do that other places by picking and choosing your events. Um, And, um, but I also think that, you know, find your community. I mean, I can't imagine how I would have be doing what I'm doing if it wasn't for the community that's in the Boston area, which is so incredible. And, nurturing and fun and supportive and I mean I look over here at Elaine and you know I just think about like I think of like her advice in terms of like be safe and think things through and be careful you know that you always have to be assessing how do you feel and um, I'm not sure I would have known that if you know I didn't have the you know a seasoned community around me so yeah so definitely find find people who, you know, have some experience. Yeah. Good advice. Who should we have as a future guest on Marathon Swim Stories? Um, well, one person who, who popped into my mind is um, Liz Fry, because she, I mean, she's an incredible swimmer, but she also, the time we've spent together at Cork Distance Week, you know, she's really kind of challenged me and, you know, gotten me, you know, pushing a little farther. And she runs a great swim, um, the Long Island Swim Across the Sound that I did last summer, which is a fundraiser. So you need to raise a lot of money. But I mean, it was a fantastic 15 mile swim. Um, so she's one person. And another person I spent a lot of time with in Long Island last summer was, I grew up um, in New Hampshire by Dartmouth College. And I used to always go to all the Dartmouth swim meets. And there was this, and my dad was always a timer at the meet. So like we always had this interaction. And one of the swimmers um, that I used to watch and be awed by was Jim Bayless, who is a marathon swimmer from Connecticut. And he, it turns out, was a history major and took a lot of classes from my father so we've had this great interaction but he has this like memory of events and like play by play that he can just draw things out and so he's and he's just a wonderful person so I think he'd be interesting but the other person that I just had a wonderful interaction with who's sort of driven sort of sort of some of my thinking recently is um, Marilyn Bell, who is like on Facebook, she's Marilyn Grace, and um, I in the small world, her son lives in the next town over, and for a job I was working, I was told I should meet him, and he's like, oh, my mother is, and so anyway, I 
watched the, the Zoom celebration of her induction into the Marathon Swimming Hall of Fame. And, you know, I don't know Marilyn. It was just, I was asked by her son and I was like, wow, yes, I'll be part of that. And afterwards she sent me a message on Facebook saying, thanks you so much for participating and da da da. And we had this correspondence and we were talking about how are we handling the pandemic? And she just had this beautiful statement about how swimming has guided her through life, that there ebbs and tides and how, you know, this is, you know, that she's sort of going with it. And, it, you know, I should pull up the thing, but she just had, you know, this, this wonderful thing of how marathon swimming has guided her through life and that, you know, that things change and you have to deal with the circumstances. And it was just beautiful. So I think she could be great. Yeah. Oops, and very um, so accomplished. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, the land just sent me <laughs> something. Do you want to speak to that, Elaine? Oh, the International Swimming Hall of Fame. Uh, so it was actually the, the, the Swimming Hall of Fame. Not, she was already in oh. the marathon. Oh, she okay. Was already in Imshoff. This was Ishoff. Like, this was the big one. It was a really big deal because okay. marathon swimmers are seldom inducted into, you know, you have to really achieve something huge. Like, like Sarah will probably eventually get into Ishoff. Um, you know, Chloe McCardle will probably eventually get into Ishoff. Um, but for, for, us mortals, it's really hard to make that leap from the Imshoff to Ishoff. And so this was, this was a really big deal. And there had been a, uh, a fair bit of lobbying on Ned's part, I think, to get her into the Ishoff and stuff. So, so um, yeah, it was really good. And I, I totally second uh, Martha's suggestion. Uh, Marilyn is a lovely human, uh, incredibly articulate, very forthcoming. And I think she would make a fabulous interviewee. I would love, I might need a, a, a push. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can, um, I can send a, a, email me, we'll, we'll figure it out. Okay, okay, great. Thank you hey. so much, Martha. It was really, yeah. really, really fun to talk to you today. Um, uh, Thursday, we have Jamie Monaghan. Yeah, and um, yeah. Lots of big names coming up. I was trying to figure out if we should do like a new person and a experienced person or I don't know. Trying to, I got all kinds of things swirling around in my head. Any ideas you shoot me that, <laughs> that uh, we can add to the swirl will help at least push into, and if there's directions we want to go with us. So anyway, I just, I just love seeing you all. <laughs> Thank you so much for being Thank here. So and we'll uh, see you. Wait, yeah, let's do our screenshot. Martha just reminded me. We'll do, like, switch to my... Mark's, Mark's got his corgi all set up. All right. <laughs> Everybody seems a lot less people now. <laughs> all right. Hello. <laughs> all right, you guys. Have a great day. And we'll... I hope you enjoyed today's interview. If you'd like to be a guest on Marathon Swim Stories, just email me, shannon at intrepidwater.com. Please stay in touch by joining our email list at intrepidwater.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>